Hi, this is Chris, host of CT Small Business Presents, where we get to know your favorite Connecticut small businesses, as well as the ones you may not know. We get to know their passions, their business, their story. Thanks for listening, and let's get into the episode. Daniel Greenwolf. That's me. Mr. Greenwolf, how are you? I am alive and kicking. Thank you for asking. Definitely. And we're not alone here in the room right no. now. We're not. We have uh, my boy, John. Hey, everybody. Up, John? Mm-hmm. And I got Lou, who who runs uh, the lovely Royal Fox Studios. So if you want to have a podcast, reach out to Lou. It'd be appreciated. This is this is very pretty. I like this in here. I've never... I think I've been in a couple of podcast studios before in the past, like... You know, and, and even, uh, you know, even radio studios, all stuff. I like this. It's nice. I like the color. It's all, it just feels, <laughs> yeah, I, feel, I feel safe. I feel it's safe inside. Yeah. Anyways. It, fe- it seems so like close, you know, relaxed, you know? Exactly. This is like a five-star hotel quality studio right there here. There you go. It's got a nice, it's got the couch up there. It's lovely. I'm waiting, There's, I'm waiting for Lou to hand us a, like a after dinner mint. <laughs> <laughs> It's always the good way to go. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. I was the one like was here a couple of weeks ago and we were talking a little bit. And it was just like I just didn't want to leave. Yeah. I'm just so relaxed, you know? Well, we're gonna fix all that. All yeah, right, here got we go. that right. No so much for relaxation. <laughs> yeah. You so, got a ginger and a kilt. Let's go. Got that right. <laughs> so actually one of the reasons why I want to have you on today, because in a couple of weeks it's the the midsummer uh Fantasy, fantasy renaissance, renaissance fair. fair you know it's not I, your fault i i'm i'm so i really wish i had a shorter name but we don't because we wanted to get all these different aspects in there and like you know when we started the midsummer it actually wasn't the midsummer fantasy renaissance fair at first i was not always i'm the co-owner now yeah, for those mm-hmm. who don't for those who are listening i'm the co-owner of the midsummer fantasy renaissance fair i own found artifact entertainment that owns the fair and other ones which i'll, I'll talk about in a bit but uh, this was the one that started the the, the ship that sailed uh, a thousand ships, I guess. In it's actually the tenth year. This is yeah. This is the tenth season, the twelfth year. Thanks, apocalypse. Um, <laughs> uh, we, we're we're kind of treating it like Final Fantasy X dash two. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because we had a one day event last year. Mm-hmm. Um, to to just keep everybody going because we obviously we we ever like like the rest of the universe we closed in 2020 and then in 2021 we said we wanted to you know when I talked to my people we have a we have a team of about a hundred improv actors 20 acts from all over the country mm-hmm. uh you know 50 to 70 uh, artisan vendors and there's food vendors and all these amazing people that make this fair work over the course of three weekends mm-hmm. and I literally we pulled them. Because my management team, we got about 14 to 15 people on our management team because there's different, pe- you know, there's different sections that have to be taken care of. The food vendors, regular vendors, mm-hmm. the trash, you know, all these things have to have different people. You know, we have a pub. Yeah. You know, like that has to have its own manager. And what happened was is that I literally pulled them and we said, do you feel comfortable running a renaissance fair this year? And there were other rent fairs in our area even that were running full, full steam ahead. And there was a lot of people who were uncomfortable. And when we did our polling of our people – it was literally right down the line. 50% of them said, I'm not really comfortable with this. 50% of them said, let's go and do this thing. And, and, and that middle ground was a lot of people saying, if you did it or didn't do it, we would support wherever your decision was. And we listened to that. And we're like, let's, what if we did a one day concert style event, limited to ticket sales? You know, we had, we had, I think it was um, six or 700 people. So it wasn't, it wasn't a big, big, you know, sale, but we sold out the tickets. Yeah. 
you know, and we had a few of the acts, like eight or nine of the acts, including myself from all over the country, come on in a couple of vendors, like 10 vendors, but it was, and we didn't charge the vendors because we're like, we don't know what's going to happen. We have no idea. (laughs) Um, But it was a great time. It was a good event. And what really made it work was just that, like I said, we, we talked to our people Mm -hmm. because I've seen that a lot with like a lot of festivals and fairs. They don't, they don't even listen. They don't even take the chance to be like, Hey, what, what do you think? Mm-hmm. You know? And I think that's something that crossing fingers that has made it work for us over the years. You know, you know, actually, I actually went last year. I remember it was raining out. Yep. So people still came out in the rain. They did. And- it's funny. We had about only about a, about, a, I want to say 75 no shows. Yeah. Cause they bought, it was all pretty, pretty sale tickets, but yeah, yeah. that was yeah. it. It like people, they came, they had tents. Mm-hmm. They had, they <laughs> sat in the rain, they sat in the rain in their chairs Oh yeah, it was. You know, it's, it was like Coachella without yeah. all the drugs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in the previous ones, I can actually say because I, when I go places, I I ask their the staff and like the volunteers, and like they're always taken care of, and it's like it's always hot. Like, yeah. Usually like ninety degrees. And oh yeah. Well, some of them are like oh they they make sure I get water, they pass out fruit, mm-hmm. and I still remember pre pre pandemic unfortunately yep, yep. i remember seeing volunteers running around with water making sure everyone was there okay, you know like mm-hmm. taken care of you know yep we 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 created um back in the early days of our vendor coordinators um we have our, our vendor coordinator now is holly irving she's amazing and does an astonishing job um but early on we knew you know our fair runs the last weekend of june first two weekends of july we're always right in that area mm. and man how how many times have I looked at those like those temperatures you see 90 95 yeah. degrees in our early years and this is with us doing what we're doing now we had 14 ambulance visits because it was so hot yeah. and not with our people it was almost always the patrons because the patrons mm-hmm. they don't know like we we hammered into our people and, we're and like mind you you also I didn't mean to cut you off but you oh, also no, no. you're also in full gear oh yeah so there's people that are like in like trench coats and like oh, yeah basically like they're not, you know, in like heavy, like clothing. Yeah, know? they look like stainless steel baked potatoes yeah, because exactly. they're just all full. Yeah, um, a couple of our our acts, they just go all out in, in our in our actors. And yeah, what happened was is that we 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 came up with a position called what we call vendor fairies. Mm-hmm. And what they are is there are a couple of people that go around to all of our vendors, not even just our our acts, because our, our our actors and our improvisational folks and our, and our people who work like the pickle booth and stuff, but like the vendors, make sure they have food, make sure they have water, you know. Because, again, it's, it comes to the thing of like, I, yes, they paid us to be there. So why do we want to make the experience for them any less fulfilling or let it, any less enjoyable than we possibly make it? I can't control how many people are going to come through the gate. I can't control if it's going to rain, but I can control if these people are going to have water and food for the time that they're there, you know? And and that generally keeps uh, keeps vendors coming back, you know. That's the idea. Yeah, I I go and every time it's majority of it's you know a good way. It's a lot of the same vendors, like mm-hmm. uh, the, the the spice lady. What's her name? Oh, uh, Auntie Arlen. Auntie Arlen. Auntie Arlen. She's always there. Yeah, she uh, will be back this year. Yeah. Um, but I do find interesting though, and this is something that the upside and the downside of the pandemic, right? Uh, the upside is that during the pandemic, a lot of people said, I don't want to work a regular nine to five. I have a skill that I've never tapped into. Mm-hmm. And so they started a vendor booth. You know, they said, I, I can vend for my, and then they started doing fairs and festivals yeah. and they opened up again. But the downside is, is there's a lot of vendors who were like, I, I can't make it work. I can't do it. I took a regular job, whatever. I've closed up shop. So the nice thing about our fair this year 
is that we've got a lot of new vendors in. Mm-hmm. A couple, it's a good number of, of the, the vendors we've had for a long time. We've got a whole bunch of new vendors because these are people that are trying their hand. And there's other renaissance fairs out there that because they're not a fantasy fest, because we're, we're, we're very big on being a renaissance fantasy fair. And the reason why mm-hmm. is because this way when someone walks in and they see – you know, not period tense. They're like these, these, these vendors, they get a pop up and stuff and they make it look pretty or whatever. But, you know, there's other rent fairs that are like, you must have, it must be a, a rope tie and, and canvas tent. And those things cost thousands of yeah, dollars. A lot of money. Yeah. So we tell those vendors, we go, hey, come on in, enjoy the fair, be a part. You got to dress up the part, but you can dress up real easy, you know, as a vendor. And, and we make sure that the vendors all match the, the theme, the aesthetic of the fair, you know, uh, not, <laughs> you're not going to see any, don't be any Tupperware parties, uh, being sold <laughs> yeah. at our fair, but, yeah. but what you get is you get this, just, you know, this really great energy of these, of this experimental side from the vendors and from us. And, and it gives us a chance to try things that other fairs wouldn't even dare to try, you know? So and for years past, I've never had like. I've never seen or even heard of a negative experience, <laughs> from, you know, from, you know, from just watching. And I ask. Oh, yeah. I'm, and I just because I tend to ask a lot of questions and like, oh, how do you like it and this and that? But not once. We we you know, do appreciate it. Like, you're always going to get people. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so I got it. I'm going to tell you the story. So we uh, we have a front gate manager. She's amazing. And actually, this is our former front gate manager. We have a new one taken over this year. But uh, so. They come up to us for morning meeting. Every mor- every morning before fair opens, we get everybody together and we say, okay, guys, here's what we got to do. Mm-hmm. Here's the things we got to look out for. And uh, the, the the front gate manager says, can I can I tell a story? I go, yeah, sure. She says, we had a refund yesterday. I go, oh, that's a bummer. What's up? She says, yeah, we had a refund. The woman came up to the front gate and she said, I want my money back. And and you go why? Well, well, that's fine. Of course, you know we don't we don't we don't normally do refunds. But like this woman seemed very upset. She goes, well, what was the issue? And the woman goes, this is all fake. It's all fake. <laughs> Those weren't real fairies. These aren't real knights. They're all fake. They're all acting. Without a shred of irony, this woman was very upset that we weren't really the Renaissance. Um, and so my front gate manager said, you were you were expecting real fairies and elves like <laughs> did you and the woman's yeah. like yeah, they're all you're all fake and my my, my friend came it smartly she's like here's your money back have a lovely day and send her on her way but it was so but that was for a couple of years that was our thing we just be like all right remember folks you're all fake all of you <laughs> you're all liars you're all fake yeah. oh my god yeah but you know you, you can't please 100 percent of the people yeah. but we do our damnedest to yeah. uh, to get to get uh, as many people as possible. It's actually very interactive, even at the gate. It actually, as you're walking in, it's it's very mm-hmm. interactive. The people actually like inside outside the the gate, making sure you're in, mm-hmm. are, are all playing the part mm-hmm. of their job. You know, yeah, you got to. I mean, these are folks. I mean, listen, we're not we're not a big company uh you know we're, we we can't pay people a whole ton of money or anything like that so it's it's got to be for the love of the game because yeah. there's no reason that you're going to stand out there in 90 degree weather uh if you're not having some kind of a good time yeah you know what yeah. i can also say too is i always bring extra money it's tip mm-hmm. because a lot of it like you said 
some of them actors actually that's their full time job. Oh yeah. Like uh what's his name? Shakespeare Shakespeare approves. Yep, Shakespeare approves Dan Kostelik, although, yeah. funny enough, um uh Dan Kostelik, uh and this is congratulations to him, he's not gonna be at the fair this year, and one of the reasons is that he has accepted the position of entertainment director for the Scarborough Renaissance Festival down in Texas. Texas. One right. of the biggest fairs in the, the world. And wow. he's the entertainment director for them down there. Wow. I would never do that. He's insane, but I love him. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't listen. I'm I'm a, I'm an entertainment director for a three weekend Renaissance Fair, and now um, found artifact in October. We're going to be opening the Delaware Renaissance Fair, uh, so it'll be three weekends in October as well. And that's the same company. We're going to be you know going to be connecting with folks down there. Totally different thing, but like. I, I could never do this for a three month fair with you know that gets three hundred and fifty thousand people through the gate. Like I I couldn't even fathom that. I follow him on Facebook. Like that guy's like nonstop. Oh yeah. Like you see him one one week he's he's in Louisiana, mm-hmm. one day he's in like upstate New York, and like yeah. Oh he's, man. He, he's he's generally entertaining, mm-hmm. like nonstop. It's oh yeah, all entertainment. I love him, and he's good, and he's a good, and he's a good human too. And sometimes you're faced with tough business decisions that you have to make and, and you never want to burn bridges whenever you can. But sometimes, you know, people force you into these corners and, and he got forced into a corner rather recently, but he handled it, you know, as, as well as he could. And I, I give him all the credit in the world because that's, it's, it's tough stuff. And then of course, like I said, now he's going to do a great job as the entertainment director yeah, of Scarborough and, and I'm, I'm proud of him. Uh, Cause we've known each other. I've known him for, Oh God, I think over a decade easily, yeah. easily. Um, and in fact, he was our second Shakespeare. Uh, and there's a story I love to tell about him is that uh, with we our first Shakespeare, his name was Duncan Inches. And he was an older man. He was if you think of Shakespeare, you close your eyes, you picture Shakespeare. This mm-hmm. man looked like Shakespeare. He spoke like Shakespeare. He looked like him. You know, uh, Dan looks like a young Shakespeare. Yeah, like a he younger, does. I, I'll, he'll appreciate. It. I said young Shakespeare. <laughs> um, but but this man, he was older and he looked like it. And. I and and he, and he passed away and a, a performer's death in the middle of touring. He was in Florida on the beach in his in his camper van and he passed away. Uh, and it was in you know it's the way he would have wanted to go. Um, and I was like, you know, it'd be great to have Dan Vierney Shakespeare. And I didn't reach out to him because I figured he was busy and stuff. And then a year went by, and then and I think it was like a second year went by, and I said, Dan, I called him up. I go, Dan, I want you to be Shakespeare for our festival. And he didn't. He didn't call us because he didn't want to disrespect the memory of duncan by saying i want to be shakespeare at your fair mm. that's the kind of guy that he was that he is and that he was and so i was like you're in you're in forever you're an amazing human being and that's the kind of people that we try to bring in for the fair not just as acts but just as people mm. you know uh, you know toxic toxic humans they weed themselves out rather quickly most yeah. of the time yeah. you know that's i mean true. Theatrically speaking, there's some more of them than others. <laughs> they, yeah, no, they still I get last it. around. You know, there's a lot of lot of uh, ickiness around, especially in the Ren Fair world, um, and in the entertainment world in general. There's a lot of icky humans. Um, but I'm I'm glad that we've managed to work on making it a safer space for people. Yeah, than, mm-hmm. yeah. It definitely every year. It's like I said before. It's always like a feels positive. Mm-hmm. Like never, I never felt like one negative like experience or like you could tell no one if someone's in a bad mood you can't tell yeah. you know we got to leave at the door i mean at the end of the day we understand that no matter what's going on in our lives and i've you know i went <laughs> my my uh, I, I successfully completed a marriage mm-hmm. and uh <laughs> during my divorce i was i was still running the fair and man let me tell you 
it's hard to like look at people who are like smiling, ready to go, and you're like, I just, I just want to be no people. Can I be no <laughs> yeah, people? Exactly. I actually hired, um, I because I was a general manager at the time, and I hired an assistant general manager, uh, Jim Meyer, who's now the general manager and now co-owner, and uh, I hired him specifically. And I told him, I said, here's the deal. I know that if I in my headspace right now, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go ape on somebody i'm gonna mess somebody up by accident please be the human meat shield Mm -hmm. so i don't spew all of my anger divorcee hate at somebody and did a great job of it um and but you gotta you gotta remember it's so hard to keep that from spilling over right especially when something so prolifically horrible is going on in your life yeah even though you get a pass i notice this all the time i got a one-year pass they're like you're going through divorce it's okay like everybody yeah. said, they're like, I get it, man. I get it. And I was like, no, I'm fine. Everything's fine. And then like, I don't know, four months in, they're like, no, it's okay, man. You're going to be all right. It's okay. I'm like, I'm going to be okay. <laughs> so, sorry. Anyways. Yeah, talking, no, that's <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I was talking to John yesterday. I was told him, you know, we were talking about this this uh, interview. Mm-hmm. And I was telling him, I would love to know what like little Daniel Greenwolf was like. <laughs> that's like, if you're like 10 years old, we're like, we're in a kilt, you yeah. know? Well, you know what? It's funny. I started – so I started Magic when I was 10 years old and it was – I saw a magician on TV named Jeff McBride. He is uh, – in fact, you can still find – if you look up World's Greatest Magic 2, Jeff McBride, he was, it was on NBC. They always had him on like Thanksgiving Eve or something like that. For some reason, it was always the night before the mm-hmm. night of Thanksgiving and uh, there were five specials. And this was number two. And Jeff McBride came on. And I love – I was always a fan of Magic. I'd yeah. seen some of the older Copperfield specials and – you know, but Jeff McBride came on. And he had this act with masks and cards, and he was like kind of dressed almost like a. It was like almost like a fantasy character, he had like it's almost kind of like a like a Lord of the Rings kind of vibe to him in terms of his outfit. Mm-hmm. And he got, and I know it was my little kid brain, you know, amplifying things, but like he had a bigger standing like ovation, like everybody clapped so much louder for him than any other act in the show. And there were great acts in that show. You had Penn and Teller on there. You had so many amazing acts, Matt King, so many great acts. But for some reason in my head, it stuck in me that this this weird out there act got such an ovation. And and my little 10-year-old brain said, I'm going to do that for the rest of my life. And that's what happened. Then... You know, I, I joined a couple of different things. You know, my parents were always weird. I'm a second generation Wiccan. Um, you know, it's a, for those who don't know, that's a, a polytheistic religion that focuses primarily in nature. Uh, we're called witches generally. Um, you know, and, and so my parents were Wiccan, and I was one of the few second generation Wiccans that you know could speak full sentences. A lot of times they're like, "This is my baby moon child," like you know. <laughs> but I was a full. I was a, I was at least a, a preteen at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my parents had been that since like the '60s. So when when I started going magic, everybody else was like, I want to do magic with birds and I want to do things. I want to do like weird, creepy stories and talk about like all this kind of strange stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I joined when I was uh, 13, I joined the inner circle of Bizarre Magic, which is this group of magicians because my, my mentor, Joe Lantieri, who uh, brought me into it. And basically it was like magicians want to tell weird stories and do magic. And so that's what first started me off in that path. And then the other thing was when I was 12, uh, I believe, my parents took me to the New York Renaissance Fair. And my family, we all went to the New York Renaissance Fair. One of the biggest fairs in the country. It's up in Tuxedo Park, New York. Still going on. And they've been going on for 30, 40 years. a massive yep. number of times. And uh, I remember stepping into that fair. And I didn't know what was going to be the deal. I, I didn't know. I'd never been to one of these before. 
And it was another universe. Like, this is what they call a hard site fair. Yeah. So they've built buildings. They've built stuff. Ours is a soft site. Our, we set up. We do our fair for three weekends. We break down. And then it's like we never existed. But this fair is there all year round. The buildings are there all year round. They do the fair for a couple of months. So to walk into this world, it just – and I always say, you know, I always tell our people um, for our fair, I go, it, it inspired me. It inspired my imagination. And that's the goal that we do with our fair and anything that we do is to inspire imagination, kind of our 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 motto, as mm-hmm. it were. And that just started. And the first guy I saw, one of the first acts, his name was Magical Mystical Michael. He was a magician who worked there. And he was just one guy on a stage. It wasn't like Copperfield or Lance Burton or any of these guys, all this stuff. He was a guy standing on stage mm-hmm. telling jokes and doing what we call stand-up magic. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he didn't have big boxes or other people, just him with like fruit and like razor blades and doing all this other cool stuff. And he was holding an entire audience, captivated. And that was the other part of it. I'm like, I could do this for a living. I could do this. Yeah. So 14 years old, um, I didn't have a kilt at this point. In fact, I was actually, I was 355 pounds. Were you? I was a, I was a big, big boy. Yeah. I was a big boy. In fact, until I was uh, in my 20s, I was about, I was over 350. Um and uh, which is another story. But but what happened was is I, I started writing to all these different rent fairs that were around me. What was the closest rent fairs? You know, I wrote to, uh, you know, the, the, the Connecticut Renaissance Fair. I wrote to him. The guy's like, oh, maybe he brushed me off. He's like, whatever, kid, get out of here. You know, I wrote to a couple of these fairs. I wrote to one fair. I knew the owners. And they're like, maybe not this year, maybe mm-hmm. next year. And then they did bring me in the next year. But this one fair, Festival of the Lion in Grafton, Massachusetts, run by a guy named Al Fairbrother, who has since passed on. It was a Lions Club. Mm-hmm. You know, one weekend festival. And the guy says, he goes, I'm like, I, I'm, I'm a young magician. I want to work Renaissance fairs. I've never worked in before, but I'll work in the lanes. I'll do what we call busking, which is where you stand there and you, you try to hawk for money, but you don't even have a stage time. Mm-hmm. And Al goes, I'll, I'll give you stage time and I'll even pay you $80 for the weekend. $80. You know, let me tell you something. At 14, you know, back then, I'm like, $80, sign me up. Yeah, I'm like, my goodness, I'm a star now. Yeah. <laughs> And I remember the next year I go, I, and he looks at me, he says, you did a good job. Next year I'll pay you a hundred. Like he was, he knew what he was doing, but that's, mm-hmm. but that's where, he, that's where it started for me is where I saw all of this possible and it never occurred to me. That was the thing. And I think this is something that, I don't know. I don't know if this is a good, a business point or just a good general point when it comes to like, if you're surrounded by people who are following the dream that you're following. You know, it, especially when you're young, it never occurs to you that you can't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I didn't get a lot growing up. I got the, well, you're a magician. So what, what's your real job? I got that for a while. Yeah. But then somewhere in my 20s, a, a switch flipped and people stopped asking me that question altogether. And I think it's because they looked at me and they said, there is no way this mofo is doing anything else with his life. He's a magician. <laughs> That's what he does. He's on stage. You can see that. And, and that just, I think that it was because I had these great mentors from when I was, you know, like I said, Joe Lantieri, Jim Sisti, David Garrity, these people who are local magicians, you may not never know their names, but you know, Jim Sisti has worked, he's the magician at Quasi Amusement Park. He's worked Quasi for something like 15 years, some massive amount of time. He was one of the best restaurant magicians. You know, he wrote the book on restaurant magic, literally like, you know, and I got to meet all these people and I went to Tannen's magic camp when I was 14. Which is like freaking like a real life Hogwarts, 150 magicians, 50 instructors from all the world. That's where I met David Copperfield, Chris Angel. I met all these people there because they were teaching there. And it never occurred to me this wasn't a job you could have. Um, 
but they also, they instilled in me. They're like, you better be open to other stuff. Like, don't think that you're just going to be a magician for a long time because there's a lot of people who can't just be a magician. Yeah. And that's why running a Renaissance fair came up. That fell in my lap uh, 12 years ago. Basically, I was a, I was an act at the Ren Fair at, a, at another version of this fair. The owner comes up to me. He says, my general manager is um, a piece of, of expletive deleted. Uh, <laughs> he, is, <laughs> he is not doing a good job and he's terrible at he's terrible at running this thing. I see how you work. I see that you just have a good presence. You can talk to people, work with people. How do you feel about being a general manager? And and I told him, I said, I'd love to, but here's the problem. I need my own team because I wasn't going to work with other people that I, I didn't trust, that I didn't know because a lot of those people were doing the job in not the best way. And so he said, okay. And so then we created the Midsummer Fantasy Renaissance Fair and that's where we've been now for 12 years since then, you know? So that's a long way of saying something yeah, about little me. I good. took you through the whole process. I you guess. Know, Sorry. You can tell though when some people are destined to be that one, like you know, good way. Mm -hmm. Like oh yeah, you know, then you can tell you have it already. You know, well, not ready, you. but well, thank you. I mean, you it, know, it's 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 a it's a you beat your head against the wall, right? Because you're you're because I do. I want to do stage magic my entire life. Mm -hmm. If someone looked at me tomorrow and they said you can no longer run, run Renaissance fairs, however. You can take your illusion show and tour all around the world. I'd be like, all right, sign me up. I'll put the people in place, make sure those fairs don't flounder, but I'm out, you know. But if someone looked at me and said, and I, and I know this because I, I was presented with this once. They said, listen, if you want, you can make a fairly good living doing this thing, but you just, you're not going to be able to be a magician full time. Mm -hmm. And I said, then I'm, I can't do it. I can't do that. You know, I'd rather make okay money being a professional magician. They make great money not doing it. Yeah. And 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 what's nice about running Renaissance fairs and you know, is that you get a an opportunity to do some you know, when you run a thing, you have, you can put crazy stuff on the stage. Mm -hmm. You know, in past years I've uh I've escaped from a fourteen foot tall uh burning stake, mm -hmm. being surrounded by wooden logs. Uh I've been chained thirty feet in the air, uh with fireworks strapped to me. Oh my God. Uh, with someone strapped underneath me. I also strapped fireworks, Wick, my per my performing partner, uh, for a long time. And we, you know, when fireworks lit up, we were human fireworks. This is stuff that I would never have been able to afford to do on my own. Mm -hmm. But with the fair, I have a team of people where it's like, what's the weirdest thing we could do to get up on stage? I know. Let's put us in a cage with a bunch of fireworks pointed at us. And if you don't escape from the cage and from our restraints, we will get covered in fireworks pointed right at her faces and we did that you know i got performer friends of mine i said hey how do you guys feel about being chained to a grate with about because fireworks is a big thing which is right around fourth of july so we'd find a lot of different ways to use like the the legal fireworks in connecticut uh and uh i'm like how do you feel about being chained to a grate if you don't escape the fireworks are going to shoot right up 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 onto you and i had four performers sasha the fire gypsy paulo garbanzo wick and myself and we're like yeah that sounds fun Let's do that. Yeah. Like, and that's the other part too. You find people as nuts as you are, uh, as bonkers as you are to do this kind of stuff. And, and I think that's, I mean, if we're talking about business, man, that's the, that's the goal. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the good man. thing is like when, when you have, that you throw all these amazing, you can start with one amazing idea and you got three or four people throwing extra ideas and, t you know, trying that's to add it. to it. If, if you're like me, if I do something the next time I have to somehow top it. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah. Until I can't top it anymore. Absolutely. You, know? you must be up there with Jackie Chan with life insurance policies, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, my my wife would disagree. Uh, she's like, keep him alive. He's still got to pay the rent. Um, I, I was telling John one of your acts, part of the act is uh, spitting fire. Yeah. Yep. And we were joking about it. We were, we were asking if if everyone's ever lit a cigarette with your with your. So uh, fire eating, absolutely. Fire breathing, it just doesn't last long enough. But I'll eat fire, and I've had people come over and light pipes off of my torches, <laughs> and that's always fun. Um, you know, and and that's the thing too. You know, finding people who are willing to go that extra step with you. Uh, and I made the joke about it about my, my wife, but my wife, Bella Greenwolf, is part of my regular yeah. stage show. Mm-hmm. And she is now, since being with me, you know, initially was just like, okay, we're going to be working in the illusions together. But now she eats fire and now she breathes fire as well. She brings it and she right. does it with you. It's yeah, like a, she will. intertwine with it. Although, and I love this part because this year, she'll be doing other fairs with me doing that stuff. This year, she'll do the nighttime show with me. Uh, and she'll do that. But the daytime shows I have to do solo because she is she's branched out. She says, you know what? I'm uh, my friend is uh, the director of the, the script, Keith Fremonti. He uh, back in 2020, when we were going to do the fair a couple of years ago, we had a script ready. And he goes, looks to, to my wife, Bella. He says, you ever thought about being part of the script? Because we're one of the few fairs that has a totally original world. Midsummer Fantasy Renaissance Fair, we created a world for the fair. So, because we're a lot of D&D nerds, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. So, because of that, we created this entire mythos that we have an offshoot series. There's a, there was a web series that was offshoot done uh, called Wardens. Um, you know, uh, and, and the, sh- the story always builds on the previous stuff. And in fact, uh, so my, my wife Bella is playing the queen of the, the Shires, playing the queen of the entire kingdom. And uh, and it's a first. She's actually playing a character that had another person play the role ten years ago, but she looked kind of like the person who was there ten years ago. The character was an elf, hmm. and the character doesn't age, and so she looks so she looks kind of like the 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 previous actress uh, who played the character, and she wanted to act. And so my director said, "Do you want to do this?" And she's like, "I don't know." And I remember me saying, "I'm like, I don't want you to. Do it. I'm I'm not a partner. I'm gonna be all be all myself on stage." But but she wanted to do that, and she wanted to go out there. So she's going to be queen for the fair, which is just crazy, um, and a whole bunch of stuff. Because we have, like I said, we have an original script, and this year the script is just it's it's been sitting, and we've been working it now for a couple of years because you get a little bit of time yeah, <laughs> to work it. Uh, and I'm I'm so excited by what's coming out of this. The the scripted cast, um, because listen. I give all the credit to Renaissance Fair is just getting up and running. Yeah. It's hard business to make an event work. But if I have to hear one more damn story about Robin Hood or King Arthur, I'm going to bash my brains in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't. Like, like God, there's so much more to medieval and Renaissance literature. Like, can we not? I, you know, but that's my own thing. So that's why we do fantasy stuff. So then we can have elves and dwarves and orcs and, and all this kind of weird, weird stories and worlds and fairies and stuff. So that's that's where we get in with all that. You're actually the only Renaissance fairs I, I've ever been to. It's just like <laughs> well, there you go. It just uh, not. A, I'm sure the other ones are really good, really nice. Oh, yeah. I, just, I can tell you some amazing ones that are going on, and and just, the, you know, yeah. But I think for me, um, because there's some that we do work. Actually, a new one that opened this year named Kingdom Fair over in New York. It's about an hour or so away. Uh, we work with them. You know, they're promote. You know, we're promoting them because we're not going on right now. They're going on right now. And they're promoting us. Uh, the Stratford Shakespeare Festival is a one 
uh, one day one fair day. Um, that nope. they go on. I went to the first one last year. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I remember you were there. Uh, yep. Shakespeare Proves was, was there. Oh, yeah. A couple other acts. I don't remember. Oh, there's was great. You've got Talzin, uh, you had Talzin Phoenix there. You had Knights of Gore there. Um, you had some really, really great acts. And, of course, Not in the Face Productions, which is the fight crew. Mm-hmm. They were also there. Uh, there were, it was a great, great one-day fair. But we all – these fairs work together. And we are all trying to get each other to, to bump each other up because every every business person I've talked to, this idea that you've got to be uber competitive and you've got to you've got to be cutthroat with your with your other competition is a myth, and it's a, a toxic lie that's been created by. Let's be honest. Uh, mainly white straight males. Uh, again, like let's be honest. We, yeah. got, we, got, we know what it is. We know what it is. We get it. You know, um, I'm I'm two of those three. I'm, I'm two of those three things. So I know that I've, I'm I'm part of the problem. But you know, it, it's just this toxic like you know kill or be killed attitude. And and a rising tide raises all ships, man. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. especially now, there's nothing. So many people had to close. Like so many fairs had to close. So many. You know, I'm a. I'm a third degree black belt in Tangsudo, and um, I, I work at a, a, a dojang. We call it that's our term for a school because it's mm-hmm. Korean. A dojang in Waterbury called Bodwin Academy of Karate, and I don't work there. I don't. I volunteer my yeah. time. I you know I train there and I teach there, and uh, you know so many schools closed during the pandemic, and we had to come up with ways to keep us open, especially since just before the pandemic, our grandmaster actually passed away. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember but, that. Yeah. Too, yeah. Oh my God, it was a whole thing. So, like, like none of the other schools were like, we weren't fighting with each other. We weren't being like, well, we're gonna, you know, the ones that closed, we felt really bad about. But, you know, and we tried our best to keep everybody moving and keep everybody running, but it was really, really hard. It's the same thing with Renaissance fairs. So many fairs closed their doors because two years off, it drained them completely because there's little there's little expenses that people don't always realize with running a business and if you you if you don't run your own business uh as of right now or you want to get into it just know that even if you aren't doing nothing if you're running a business correctly there's expenses going into it you know uh it's hard to put everything on hold and do and you know you're still paying a website fee or you're still paying market you know whatever it is you know ad fees or or you know licensing or insurance or whatever it is you got to pay for and some of these fairs keeping that going for a couple of years it's just you know just took them out, took, them out. oh yeah took, to, it was close to us too we're not gonna lie we were close to it but we you know by doing the event in 2021 you know we we did things we worked you know the government finally helped out for a change which yeah. is always nice yeah mm-hmm. it helps. let me tell you uh being a magician when you could not perform for groups for a while uh, i started doing virtual shows but that was later in the game uh you know finally to have the government look at gig workers and say oh you folks are people too how awesome is that right so that was helpful but honestly at the end of the day it was us going okay how bad do we want to keep this going and and the answer always needs to be yes you know the that's the thing you you can't waffle you can you can feel like i don't really feel like doing this i don't you know you can have your days yeah everybody's gonna have their days yep but but at the end of the day you've got to be is this worth keeping going is there a legacy here is there something that means something to me and I think that if you're not just doing it for the money, if you're not just doing it because you think you have a skill, that's you know, if you got to enjoy some part of it. And I think that that's, and I think that's something that that our fair, um, and Found Artifact Entertainment, the the company that that runs the fair now, uh, that's something we're always striving for, you know. And and I see that a lot. There's a lot of 
uh, there are some fairs out there that just they just they just they're money grabbing. They're just going for the money and they're just and they've got the money to do it too. They got the money to do it, man. They you know, good for them. They can spend a half a million dollars and if they have a bad year, they they can be a half million dollars in debt. I go half a million dollars in debt. I'm just gonna cry myself yeah, over in a corner. Done. Yeah. <laughs> nope. I think if I go five I think if I go a five thousand dollars in debt too much i'm just gonna go cry in a corner and just I like know. i'm really okay i know i yeah. keep i keep pennies in a in a cup so I'm like, <laughs> right? like i'm just like That's... like i can't imagine like losing so much money you know yeah you know i mean i wish i could not designate myself as a small business but we're small businesses yeah, exactly. That's how it goes that's know? why i want another reason why i have you on because like you know obviously you got your restaurants your your bars other places people forget musicians are Small businesses, yeah, magicians, comedians, absolutely. You know, they're all small businesses, yeah. So they forget, like they count, and like I want people to know the faces behind, yeah. You know, like it helps. I mean, how many things can we pull from? You know, how how many things can a restaurant pull from a, a performer who's got a good TikTok presence, who's got a good Instagram presence, or something like that? You know, you look at what they're doing and how are they doing it right. Sure, maybe you can't do a really cool visual piece of magic, but can you take like the style of like the way they're writing or something? Can you work with that and put that into your own business mm-hmm. and make that work? Because yeah, all of it's the grind. You know, mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if I like. There's a there's a you know the term hustle culture right like yeah. the yeah. term of like the you know living for the hustle. I don't know if I like that as much because that that means you've got to run every day until you're dead. Yeah. And I like I like the idea of of little succeeds like succeeding in little ways little little successes little succeeds. It's wrong. It's been a long day. <laughs> yeah. Um, but little successes and maybe aiming towards that and and if you can't do it that day, you know. Uh, maybe sometimes you can't do it that day. You got to remember to take care of yourself in that sense. But the the big thing is just you know making sure that that you, you keep looking at that next goal. And it's a little different from hustle culture because if you're just living just like let's see how much work I can do today, you're like your 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 priorities are ass backwards, man. Yeah, <laughs> they definitely forget you know what yeah. the pur- not you know what the actual purpose of yeah. life in general. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah, there's a, a, a Simon Sinek. Who uh, great business thinker and uh, he's uh, why uh, I think his uh, book, first book was Start with Why and uh, and it was a great book and he's got a Why Eaters Why Eaters Why Leaders Eat Last for saying that five times fast uh, he's got a couple of those and the first one is Start with Why his whole thing is like if you talk about what your company does. You know, we are, uh, we're Renaissance Fair. We've got 20 acts from all over the country and we've got an original script and we've got 60 vendors and all these things. That that describes every other Renaissance Fair in the game. Yeah. It doesn't talk about what it is. But if you talk about why you do what you do, you know, why do we do that? Because we want to inspire imagination. Everybody walks through the gates. We aren't looking for the most expensive show. We're not looking to have the, the biggest show. We're, one of the only, we're the only fair, you know, one of the only multi-weekend fairs. We don't have a joust. Um, initially it was because we, we couldn't, we couldn't have a joust on our field because our grounds, the people we rent from there, yeah. you know, we've been on Warsaw park, St. Joseph's church, great people, but they used to have a fair on there that did things very poorly mm-hmm. and they had a joust on there and the horses got out oh. and, and, and it tore up their ground and they're like, listen, we can't, we can't have a joust on here. So we had to think differently about it and we said, okay, well let's have a giant large steel melee mm-hmm. with a choreographed melee with with a bunch of people on the field and we've continued that tradition every year of having a big grand melee at the end of the of the the, the day 
And why did we do that? Because we wanted, we weren't just looking like, okay, well, we can't do the big show, so I guess we won't do it. I don't know. No, it's like we want to inspire imagination. And and when you look at things like, you know, you watch like, you know, again, we talk about Lord of the Rings or, or any of these fantasy films, you know, uh, you look at these big epic battles between two sides clashing and coming together. And that's what we wanted. That inspired us. And so we want to inspire others. And so I think when you find what that why is for your business, you end up, you really end up defining, you can go in so many different directions, mm-hmm. you know? Um, for me, I have, I have a different why for why I do what I do. Mm. You know, I love magic. I always have, but I feel like magic can be in magic's an art form. You know, it's like singing. It's, it's like painting a picture. You can create something with magic. And how do you do that? How, you know, can you do that by doing like, pick a card, here's your card. Hey, you're an idiot. Like, you know, you can't really yeah, do it. Exactly. So, so how do you do it differently? And for me, it's, I tap into my Irish roots. Um, like I said, for those who don't know, like I said, I, I wear a kilt. Uh, when I perform, I have face paint that talks about my, my Celtic heritage. Um, and I tell stories about my, my ancestors, about the Celts and about ancient Irish, the Irish who came over to America, with their big illusion show, Celtic magic. We talk about all this stuff. And that for me makes it real. I still do flashy stuff. I could sit out here and I do flashy car stuff and I love it. I love doing that stuff. It's fun. Mm-hmm. But everything has that little bit of that little bit of tange of that 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 tinge of of this Irish influence for me. And it really I I hope to think makes me different than the other acts out there, the other people are out there performing. Um so I feel like that that's you know, it comes back to the thing of like find your why. Yeah. Why are you running a business? Are you running a business because I don't know that people would buy it. Like if you, that's your reason, it's going to dry up. You know, it doesn't matter how good. Listen, you can only sell so many snuggies. All right. Yeah. <laughs> and I love, I got a snooty. I got like the, they, someone built like a, they made like a, a hoodie blanket. Oh yeah. I saw yeah, that. Right. I, I got mine. I love it. I'm not buying five of them. Nope. <laughs> like that's like once you, there's a certain market, market saturation. So you got to find what's the next, what's the next thing in order to do that is go back to the basis of what why is. And although I have my issues with Apple, um, their why was so well defined back in the eighties. That's true. You know? <clears throat> Everything they do, they wanted to think differently. That was their big that was their big why, right? And yeah. so how'd they do that? You know, and that's that's where you went into the design of the products or how they were making them and all this stuff different than the other computer out there. So that comes back to with us. Like we try to do things differently because we want to inspire our imagination with our fair. That's inspiring right now how you said about the why with the uh, Apple because even though Steve Jobs like you know people have their you know controversy with him oh, yeah. the the biggest line that always stays in my mind that I love he always says never stop innovating mm-hmm. never never stop imagining of doing different things because that's what it is I feel like people recycle everything and I'm inspired by you right now because you said hey I'm passionate about my craft what can I do to make it different unique so that people that way people can still keep coming and that's what we need to continue doing. But in his day and age, people's like, I'm just going to copy him. I'm going to copy that. Why not stand out? Happens so much in the magic world, too. Um, because, you know, a lot of times, <clears throat> here's here's a little bit of the magic inner world that, that people don't want to know about. But uh, <laughs> but magic, you can go out and buy tricks. You can buy tricks. You go on TikTok, you can see a bunch of people. There's a, there's a trick on TikTok that got real big where they took a, a playing card and it turned into a wristwatch. And beautiful trick, lovely, looks lovely to look at. 
Uh, everybody did it the exact same way. They all went out and bought it and did it the exact same way. Like, this is going to take not a lot of time. Boom. And they did the same thing, exact mm-hmm. same way. And I never bought it. I never bought that trick because I couldn't look at that trick and go, how can I make it different? No- nothing in that like sung to me. Mm-hmm. So I didn't use that trick. Not saying it's not a good trick, but it didn't mean anything to me personally. And, you know, I do tricks that have been done forever. You know, I do something called the linking rings, which has been done for decades, centuries. In fact, that's where my angle is, is that I, you know, by reading and researching this, that they did it, you know, there's, there's some aspects that possibly was done in ancient Ireland, uh, you know, versions of this, of this piece of magic. I'm like, oh my God, that I want this. And there's a lot of comedy in it because I'm, I'm a wise ass. So like, that's for me, like, that's for me what I want to do. So I think generally at the end of the day, yeah, you've, you've got to, you can, you can both innovate and you can play in the sandbox you're given. And I think, like, look at Apple. Apple made computers. Then they wanted to make phones. They, well, they want to make music players. Then they want to make phones. <laughs> then they killed the music players. <laughs> but, but like, they went on to do all these things, and they still they found the sandbox. And then when they were like, I want to try this thing, they jumped into another sandbox. And I think, crossing fingers, that's why I was able to run a Renaissance Fair, because I started off as a magician, and I said, how do I do this differently? And I did that differently for long enough that someone said, Hey, this guy does stuff differently. Maybe, maybe I'd want to see his take on like a Renaissance fair. Okay, cool. Let's let him, let's let him do that. You know? Um, I mean, I even, I even host karaoke once a week. I, I did uh, Highland Brass, right? <clears throat> Highland Brass Company, Waterbury, Connecticut. And I, uh, shameless plug. Um, <laughs> but I do that once a week. And the reason why I started doing that was because back, in fact, this was just after when I, this is way before I was even married. Uh, I got dumped by my girlfriend of like three years. Somebody we think weird things happen with me and my, I hope I, I swear to God, I'm in a very, my, I love my relationship now. Okay. I just want to know eight years. We're still going strong. Um, and it's weird, which is always a good thing. But like, like when I started off, like I got dumped. And then a couple of days later, my brother said, Hey, we're going to go to crazy Joe's in Naugatuck. It's not even around anymore. Oh, yeah. And uh, they said, we're going to, there's a karaoke night. And I went to karaoke and there was a guy there running it. His name was Angus Nicholson. And, uh, Angus was a great guy, cool dude. He knew I did magic. You know, I was, I was a younger guy at the time. It was like 1920. And he says, uh, I don't think I was allowed to be in there. It doesn't matter. Point is, is that I was there. <laughs> I was there doing karaoke. And uh, he goes, you know, you you really got a good voice and you really have a good energy. And I know you like doing magic on stage. You know, you like maybe you'd want to host karaoke. And what that's what happened is that he started teaching me how to do karaoke. And I learned about sound. And I learned about all this stuff. I'd always learned about some of this stuff from theater, but he taught me about how to how to mix sound, how to make singers sound better, how to how to find all this different stuff. And then he didn't want to run his company anymore. He was tired of doing like little things. And so I started running, you know, multi class entertainment. And I, I became, you know, and I started running karaoke shows. And I've got a team under me of folks who, if I can't do the show, send out they do karaoke shows. But that's because somebody saw, hey, he does stuff in a way I've not seen before. He seems like he would enjoy doing this. And then we started doing it, you know. Um, and I still go to karaoke shows sometimes with other hosts. And I go, just stop. Stop it. Stop. Just, I want to just go up there and just take just help you with your sound it just how many and it's got to be a thing you probably you've ever been to a show like you've ever do a live show if you know how to mix sound and you just listen to like like there's not enough guitar there it's not enough guitar there that guy's playing is nope he's not you can't hear him you can't hear him just like the sound mixer going you just turn it up <laughs> gain is not volume all right anyway sorry um anyways that's a different thing that's an audio joke for the audio nerds um anyways but it's all of us, but now I, I, I really do think that you can take that innovation mm-hmm. and, and people notice it. I think that's the thing that comes across as it too. 
It's why I'm not, maybe I'm a small business podcast. Maybe I'll get killed for this already out the gate. But like, if you're, if you're doing something with, with, with one of these, like I said, Tupperware before, you know, Avon, Tupperware, even, you know, all these kind of these, I don't want to say, um, me certain I, I certain can't. certain shaped i don't want to call it that because i could be sued <laughs> like, but like a, a certain pit. shape yeah, yeah. of a of a scheme if you were to make a scheme in a certain pointy shape this would be that yep. and mm-hmm. and i'm like you better bring something so different to that game mm-hmm. that i don't want to just roll my eyes when you invite me to yet another one of your parties knock it off yeah. i don't care mm-hmm. how good your hors d'oeuvres are <laughs> yeah, my, I'm actually doing. Yeah, I like hors d'oeuvres. I'm obsessed. <laughs> yeah. I'm obsessed. Yeah. I can eat them all day. Yeah, it's true. I so, can't. I can't argue that point. Yeah. I'm actually doing the uh, hardcore sweet punk rock uh, uh, flea market. In, yes. In uh, I just drew a blank. In uh, in July on the 17th, actually, at hardcore sweet cupcakes mm-hmm. in Sellington, uh-huh. and they actually, it's the reason why they call it punk a uh, punk rock market. It's do yourself it's you know anti-corporate it's just mm-hmm. they don't want nothing against people who do tupperware or, or yeah. that kind of stuff but they just don't like me personally i'm, I'm not a fan of that kind it of stuff it doesn't just, yeah man how many times do i need to see people selling leaf guard like gutters yeah. like i i was at <laughs> i was at um the uh the tattoo the mohegan sun at a tattoo convention great tattoo oh, convention yeah, by great yeah but there was a leaf guard like seller there and i'm like like what are you I'm, doing here? I'm like, I guess, I guess tattoo owners. There's plenty of homeowners who have a lot of tattoos, yeah. I suppose. But like, wow, weird out there. But yeah, I. Uh, but yeah, that's why our fair. That's why I like Renaissance fairs. A lot of Renaissance fairs are like, you can't just sell other people's stuff. You got to be able to craft your own things. Or if you sell something, it better be something that you found that nobody else is selling or tapping into. <laughs> and and you know you can't have any kind of corporate stuff like that. So yeah, I. I I do. I guess in some ways, Renaissance fairs they do have a bit of that punk rock vibe too, because yeah. it's like you gotta and you gotta dress up. So already the people who like, oh my god, look how cool I am! I'm selling pure romance parties or whatever. It's like great, but like now you gotta dress up and you've gotta act kind of in a little yeah. bit of a character. It, it keeps away some of the rabble. We'll say that yeah. much. And a lot of the people who who dress up like are, like cosplaying, they make their own mm-hmm. clothing and like they they sew it and. Like I could never do something like that. It's you know, it's either you either you put the skill into making it work, or you find the people who yeah. can. And that's a nice thing. Go to Renaissance Fair. You can find all these people who make these clothes. They do leather working. They do you know. You can buy full suits of armor and some of these. Like it's crazy the stuff that they've got uh, going on. Stuff that I couldn't even yeah. imagine to do. You know, <clears throat> but you find the right people to do it, and 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 they take the ball and run with it. So. I've seen it at some ear fairs too. Absolutely. It's just like, see, so actually, all of it. It's mm-hmm. I see it there. Absolutely. I, I, there's, um, like I, as I've, you know, I wear, I probably own about 22 or 24 kilts at this point. I own a lot of kilts. Some I can wear right now, some I can't because I put on a little weight. <clears throat> I get that. <laughs> gotta have your lighter, gotta have your smaller <laughs> kilts, your larger kilts, you know. Um, but I have like three sizes of show kilts just in case. And some of them are adjustable. So, you know, I, I, I do my best. But, uh, you know, those, again, same thing. Those kilts, yeah. man. They These people like uh, Verilos and UT Kilts, um, American Highlander, these kilt sellers, these kilt makers, you know, they just try to innovate and, and create these weird things. You don't think about kilts. You're like, it's a kilt. 
It's a bunch of, it's a dress. Like, what are you doing? It's yeah. a skirt. But they do some amazing things. Like, I got so many pockets on this thing. It's crazy. I love mm-hmm. this kilt I'm wearing right now. Um, but, like, that, that's the kind of stuff that we try to bring in. And, like, how do you how do you make something different that's been around for centuries? Yeah, for mm-hmm. You know? So, I love that stuff. That's why I like, I love those, like, hard and hardcore sweets. Bakery. Yeah, they're, they're awesome. Amazing. I love them yeah. so you know, much. It, his, his story is even funny, too, because he was in. He was he was in the band Hundred Demons, mm-hmm. and he actually one well, the the reason he left because it was so popular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he left to focus on cupcakes. Yeah, that's like, so crazy. <laughs> and like and, and like uh, he they won Cupcake Wars. Yep, they're on all these other Food Network TV station uh, channel uh, channels uh, yeah. shows, yeah. and just like I mean, when they have events. Madball is there. There's, you know, like their hundred demon band members are there, and they still have like the punk community coming out and yeah. like supporting them. Oh yeah. Like look at Hatebreed. They had their own uh, beer made with uh, Witch Doctor Brewing and mm-hmm. and Southington, and all the punk bands came out and like you know just to help support them. Yeah. And obviously, normal people like us, we went as well. Obviously. Oh yeah. But I mean, yeah. that's yeah. You got I mean, that's the thing too. You're creating community that 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 hopefully you can grow and, 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 and be able to move outward with. I mean, for me personally, you know, I hired acts that I brought in from other parts of the country. And because of that, uh, I'm now like, I'll be spending the first month and a half of my year in Florida performing yeah. at the Brevard Renaissance Fair down there. Uh, you know, I, I performed down there for a month and a half. I perform, you know, I'm from Minneapolis and Bozeman, Montana and Las Vegas. And I get to perform all these places because you make this community and you build it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe it's not, the path where you want to go. I mean, uh, uh, Rob Zabrecki, who is a very popular magician now, especially two magicians. Like if you've ever seen him, you never forget him, but he was a leader of a band. Yeah. You look up Zabrecki, you'll see that he was, I can't remember off the top of my head, but he was a leader of a punk band. And the first thing that he did was that he was this, this kooky guy. And he realized there was going to be this downtime. And he was like next door to, uh, where this band was, where, where they're going to play in this concert hall. There was uh, a magic shop. And he goes like, teach me a magic trick that I can do, like if I could do on stage, like if I was like in between songs. And they got on stage like that night or a couple of nights later and the power went out and he took and he did this trick and he's like, ah, and he had this trick that this guy like sold him. Uh, and he's like, who's, who's got it? And he did it with a condom because it's the rock show, of course. So he's like, who's got a thing? Throw a thing. And there's someone threw a, a thankfully, a, a unwrapped condom on stage. I think it was unwrapped. Who knows? The story changes. <laughs> yeah. But but he made the condom disappear, and that was and that started him on magic. Like that was his first magic trick. Was in the middle of his yeah. rock show, doing like a like do making a condom disappear. And now he's a full time magician who works the magic castle, and he's over on the west coast, and he acts for other, works for other magicians. Been on TV. He's it's so great. But like that's the stuff. Like if if you have a community that just goes way out there, you know, if you if you breed that kind of like creativity innovation then like you're gonna you're gonna be inspired you're gonna go in different places so maybe that's what happens like oh yeah i'm a punk band but then suddenly okay I've, cupcakes is good yeah. and then you're like oh cupcake but you take that sensibility over when you're doing the thing you get like hardcore sweets maybe yeah. maybe he was sleeping and the food channel was on and it's like i want to make cupcakes, cupcakes. <laughs> <laughs> so when that happens to me i just want to eat cupcakes yeah. <laughs> i was just there actually last this week actually i went there i picked them up i picked like uh 
Six of them. Oh, oh man. So good. Oh. I, bad, bad. Stop it. I'm trying yeah. my best. I'm that was you? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that was me. We no. knew who it was. He was the one in the parking lot, eating them yeah. alone, crouched over. Just oh, like, don't, yeah. don't look at me. I brought him I brought him to work with me. <laughs> and I was like, here. Yeah. Here's like six of them. He's like, this box holds 12. Shut up. Yeah, There's yeah. six. I was yeah. get six and like it. <laughs> I was working on something, and then one of the girls comes next to my office and says, "Hey, John, there's cupcakes over here. Nicole has them. Go over there and see her." All right? I ran there so quickly, then I turn around, cupcakes gone. I was <gasps> like, "Where's Nicole?" Oh, she took them home with her. And I said, "Like, who gave her the cupcakes?" He's like, "Chris." I was like, "Oh my god, it's not fair. It's not yeah. right. That's just that's oh. that's how you break a heart. Yeah, a heartbreaker. I'll get, I'll hook you up. Oh, I'll <laughs> get you some. Good, cool. good. I'll now make sure we're making we're mending bridges here yeah. on the podcast. <laughs> oh, I just bring like, together. I love that kind of stuff. <laughs> Have you ever heard of the um, King Richard's Fair? Absolutely. I actually performed at the King Richard's Fair uh, as part of the Wonder Show. I was a uh, an act with under uh, John Stetson, mm-hmm. uh, who basically brought another performers when he couldn't do it there, and I performed there in twenty two thousand and eight, two thousand seven, one of those years, long time ago. And uh, great people worked there, wonderful, wonderful acts worked there. In fact, one of my favorite acts of all time, Jacques the Whipper, uh, mm-hmm. who's a friend of mine, uh, he works there. Mm-hmm. And you want to talk about someone like that? There's a guy who's come from a circus family, Jack. Uh, uh, who who actually works for NPR? He's a he's an he's a he works as a a, a host or announcer for NPR, and then also he has this crazy show where he does this whip stuff, and now he's got a TikTok following. He's in the millions and millions and millions, and he's followed everywhere. And now he's going to go full time, you know, with being a you know full time performer. And that's the kind of stuff that matters. Like that's the kind of stuff that drives me. I love it. I love yeah. it so much. I love. So. I love. People. Sorry, John. I mean to cut you off. I love people like that. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Have you met like I don't know if you remember them, the Washing Wenches? They are by far my favorite act. Like I didn't think they were gonna make it through the pandemic, but like you said, mm-hmm. they got millions of followers on TikTok because there was they were like one of the hugest hits. Yep, the, at- wa- the Washing Well Wenches, uh, Danielle Dupont, I believe I want to say her name right, is the one who runs them. There's a she has like seven or eight teams that go all over the country, and uh, it's an amazing show and they're so smart so smart i wish i i i got to actually interview them for my podcast many moons ago and uh when i was down in texas performing and uh man she is just there's such a great subtext with that show because it's funny and it's body but it's about women empowerment and it's about owning your your own presence and being raised at the same time i love it so yes, I recommend it highly if you ever get a chance. Wash them all wenches. I'll have to check out because I never heard of it until just now. Oh yeah, myself. So. Oh yeah, no, check them out on TikTok and on YouTube. Like, mm-hmm. highly recommend yeah. it. Like these, like when I went the first and second and third time to the show, I always see all their shows. Always tip them. I'm like, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm. You see me. I'm tan, but they mm-hmm. managed to make me blush. You know how hard <laughs> it is to make someone tan blush. They made me so blush. Good. I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop laughing. They just—they know how to work the crowd. It's amazing. It's an amazing show. And I'm, like Chris, when you get a chance, yeah. watch it. You I'll will just, not be disappointed. I'll check it out. That's why. Well, that's why one of the things I started on my Instagram and uh, Facebook. That's how I learned about half the things I like now. You know, like a lot of the restaurants I fiz- visit or the people I watch or performers I watch. I say the people it's, I watch. I was, I was like, that sounds kind of <laughs> creepy. From the bushes, just yeah. hi. Want to be on a podcast? <laughs> yeah, that's what I did with uh, Daniel here. I just I just messaged right. him on Instagram. We're like, 
hey, I got a podcast starting up. You want to be on it? And he just like, he was like, email me. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> it was oh, like, said on Instagram, like, oh, that's great. He's yeah. like, by the way, I'm at your window. What? No. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, and good like, to see you, Chris. He, he sent me, yeah. he sent me like the nicest email. I never heard, I never once read someone use the word, oh, that's delightful. I'm like, what? <laughs> I was like, okay, I got to have this guy on my, my, my thing. Well, mm. that's why I try my, I try my darndest yeah. to be fantabulous at all times. And it was like, hey, you want to be on this podcast I never started before or I never did before? He was like, yes. He told me it was 100 episodes in, so yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's Definitely. Fine. No, okay. But uh, it has been a, a pleasure and honor. Are we Are we good? I, I saw the sign, the yeah, high yeah, sign. Yeah, so yeah. We're all you, good. Actually, you've got to do, you know, selfless, selfless plugs wherever you are. Of course. Wherever you want or wherever you're going to be. I will. I yeah. uh, I am going to be most recently, when this airs, I will be most recently at the Midsummer Fantasy Renaissance Fair in Ansonia, Connecticut, at Warsaw Park, where the last weekend of June, the first two weekends of July, and you've got. 20 acts you're gonna have 50 to 60 artisan vendors you've got a wonderful food court we have a fully stocked pub with mead if you don't know what that is go check it out 21 and over people uh and there's a lot of interactive stuff stuff for families of all ages and i am and in an original script written by anthony myron directed by keith fermanti with an amazing cast and crew and i am so excited for this year this is going to be the biggest year we've had uh, we are coming out of the pandemic swinging, so I hope folks come and check it out and yeah, enjoy us. I'll and definitely be there. And that'll be at mfrenfair.com, M-F-R-E-N-F-A-I-R-E.com, uh, and you can uh, get your tickets. And where else are you going to be? You got I'm, anything else going oh, on? Oh, yeah. I'm going to be going on. I'll be at the Capital District Renaissance Fair in uh, Altamont, New York. Uh, that'll be the second weekend. of I don't know when this goes up live, but it'll be not this weekend, but the next weekend. Yeah. Uh, I'll also be at Nogtuck Duck Day uh, promoting the Midsummer Fantasy Renaissance Fair, but that might happen before yeah. you guys are there. Today is about the, the 15th-ish. Exactly. Oh, the 15th. Yeah, yeah. So, so probably we, that we point. Were, we were there already last yeah, week. It was great. It was a but fun it was time. Ama- it was amazing. I you, loved you, it. You put it the best show on so ever. Many, thank you. A lot of ducks. <laughs> it was great. Um, so yeah, so I'll be there after that. I will be performing at um, I'll be performing at a, a Moose Hillock. Uh, there's a camping resort up there. There's a bunch of shows up there. Uh, my God, just all over the place. And and uh, certainly I'll be back at uh, Comics Mohegan Sun yeah. with Jim Smonato's Magic Mac- Matinee. I'll be there again. Uh, so if you want to check out any of those, you can follow me at Daniel Greenwolf uh, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, Facebook. on TikTok. On Friendster, I don't care. MySpace is it a thing. Yeah. I don't care. Just find me. Find I know. Me. It was funny because, like, for a while, I used to still get emails from Friendster. Oh my god! I was like, geez, this place still exists. Yeah. Well, Justin Timberlake did something with MySpace, but who knows anymore? Yeah, it just keeps it locked in a box. Yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, it's gonna be May. <laughs> so, sorry. You know, that's every like end of April. I I dread end of April because. All those like, no. I all I see is his face for like two I, weeks. You know, listen, there's worse faces you can see out yeah. there. That's all I'm saying. Tim, don't Tim Timby Timby. I don't Definitely. even know how they call him that. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. No, On that note, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, could could actually could people actually hire you? Absolutely. I assume so. Absolutely. Like, you want to hire me for private events, for corporate events? I've worked shows everywhere from private parties to. uh to recently UN dignitaries. I didn't realize I was doing that, but I was doing a birthday party. It was UN dignitaries. Wow. Uh, yeah. And um, and I've you know every all the way up to Bank of America, History Channel. Um, I've done TV spots. So I was in AMC's dispatches from elsewhere. I did a little quick spot on that, which mm-hmm. was a series they did. 
Um, so yeah. I'm all over the place. So you yeah. did a, a documentary with the, the camp one, right? Yep, Magic Camp. I was uh, again that was old me. I was 355 pounds. I lost the weight through diet and exercise, and uh, that was old me, mm-hmm. which is funny because I had to promote that movie as new me because that's when how long ago it was between oh, they came geez. out. Yeah. yeah, but it was a lot of fun. That was a great. But that's about Tannen's Magic Camp. Yeah. And honestly, that's my final plug. If you've got a kid who's interested in magic between the ages of like, thir- I think 12 and 20. Uh, so all the way up to 20, you go to Tannen's Magic Camp, one of the oldest magic shops in the world, Tannen's in New York City, and it's a great camp. And that's where I kind of became the weirdo I am. It's one of the big places. So that's my other suggestion, too. If you're interested in magic, go there. Learn Perfect. The best. Sounds good. I'll, actually, I'll throw a plug for you, too. To make Go to uh, Highland Brass yeah. for karaoke. Every it's Tuesday every night? Every Tuesday night. Yeah. And I forget what time it starts. Yeah, 9 p.m. 9 p.m. Until we close the doors and kick y'all out to go get your Ubers and Lyfts. <laughs> yep. I, 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 I'm, I, I'm a promotion whore, so like, I'll I promote, I promote whatever everyone has. They can, they can Love promote. you forever for that. Thank so, you so much. No problem. This has been a joy, and I've talked most of the time. It's I'm all so good. sorry in advance. No, you know, you're, you're safe. <laughs> no. You saved me, so you're good. <laughs> <laughs> You sent a you, you started a president for it president as I can't talk yeah no you, you know, started a president I started a president oh god I, yeah I'll let John speak for get him me. out here yeah so, <laughs> he, he's the intelligent one no. clearly no oh, not god. that intelligent I was no, gonna no. say stop that now no it's all good no I'm but, gonna say like Forrest Gump I'm above average that's about there that. you go. <laughs> I'll take it definitely I strive for mediocrity so that's fine you got that right but thank you so much thanks it's been for a coming out thanks appreciate it yeah Lou from. Royal Fox Studios, who you should contact to have a podcast. Totes. Yeah, exactly. You can find me on ctsmallbusiness.org, Instagram, Facebook, sometimes Twitter, and that's it. And if, actually, if, if you want to email me anything, chris at ctsmallbusiness.org. Anything, contact me. Thanks, uh, Daniel. Appreciate it. Thank you, and thank you for having me.